Welcome, everybody. I'm Chris Miller, author of the number one best-selling book, Ready for Pre-Tirement, Three Secrets for Safe Money and a Fabulous Future. I'm so honored to be the host of this show called Ready, Set, Retire. But I think I'm going to change the word retire to refire, because about halfway through your life, you're going to want to recreate yourself, get ready and set and go. And then at that time, what you can do is take your passion and help other people because that is a great way to to live your life. Now, I talk about pre-retirement. Pre-retirement is plan retirement early so your money, your health, and your peace of mind is there when you need it. So I'm a firm believer that you have to have all three of these components taken care of. And peace of mind really comes from doing the right thing And doing the right thing comes from giving and sharing with others. That's why I've invited my special guest, Frank Shankwitz, today. I'm really, really honored to have him on my show today. He is the founder of the Make-A-Wish Foundation, a filmmaker, a motivational speaker. Now, he was actually inspired to start Make-A-Wish Foundation after meeting Chris, a seven-year-old boy with leukemia who wanted to get a chance to be a highway patrol motorcycle officer, just like Frank was at the time. Frank, along with his wife Kitty and several others, founded Make-A-Wish Foundation in 1980, and Frank being the first president and CEO. Thirty-four years later, Make-A-Wish Foundation has grown to 64 chapters in the United States, 33 international chapters, covering five continents, and has granted over 300 wishes, 300,000 wishes worldwide, with a wish being granted to someone in the world on an average of every 38 minutes. Frank has received numerous awards, including the President's Call to Service Award from President Bush and the Tempe, Arizona Sister Cities Making a World of Difference Award which he's received alongside of Cindy McCain in in 2010. Frank was also featured in the award-winning author Brad Meltzer's best-selling book, Heroes for My Son, which identified him as one of the 52 people who have made a difference in the world. Frank has been featured in USA Weekly Magazine, The Huffington Post, Arizona, a hundred years. Arizona Republic. What's wrong with Arizona? What's right with Arizona? My goodness! And numerous other articles and publications through the world. Frank's life story will soon be told in an upcoming major motion picture, Wishman, which is in pre-production by 30, 333 films, and it's going to be scheduled for a release in 2015. Frank and his wife Kitty are still volunteers with Wish Granters for Make-A-Wish Foundation. Frank, I am really honored to have you here today on our show. Well, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Well, you have such a great boy that I could kind of read on and on and on about all the wonderful things you've done to help other people. Maybe you could share with everybody what happened to you. How did you get to this place you are now? 
Well, it, it, it all started with one little boy. Um, and, and being a police officer, um, and especially in the 70s and uh, 80s, the television show Chips was very popular. And, and if a lot of your listeners remember that show, they're showing their age, right? right. <laughs> yeah. But, but because of that show, I was on a uh, motorcycle squad with Arizona Highway Patrol that we traveled all over the state of Arizona. Uh, two weeks of one town, two weeks of another. And the children were all of a sudden not afraid of the policeman anymore. We'd come into town and they'd be yelling, hey, Potch, hey, John. So we started really working with the children. And that's how I got involved, uh, first working with children, going to the great schools that got involved with Special Olympics. And then just by pure accident was introduced to this little seven-year-old boy named Chris, who unfortunately had leukemia. Only a few weeks to live, and his heroes were Punch and John. Oh. And that's how I met him, strictly by accident. Wow. So then, so then, what happened? You you actually just <laughs> saw he was ill, and and just well, we were we were told about him, and uh, our department was asked if we could do our department meeting there was on Ohio Patrol asked if we could do something special for this little boy, and through the permission of his mother, she was a single mom. And his doctors, we set up a special day for Chris. Uh, he was picked up by our Ranger helicopter at our hospital, at his hospital, flown to our headquarters building where I was standing by with the motorcycle because that's what he wanted to, to see. That's what his wish was, to meet a motorcycle officer and get on the motorcycle. And when they landed, I expected a very sick little boy. This little boy was on, as I was told, IVs, only a couple weeks to live. Instead, here comes this little bundle of energy running out of the helicopter, looking at me like I'm either Ponce or John from Chips, and just giggling and hopping all over the place. And I was amazed by this, that he had all this energy. And I could see the smile on his mother's face. His wish was becoming true. And that day, Chris went on to uh, tour our headquarters building, our armory, what boy wouldn't like that and was made the first and only honorary highway patrol officer to this day in the history of the highway patrol. Now, this is 1980, so 34 years later. Um, Chris went home that night instead of back to the hospital. His doctor said, I don't understand. His vitals, everything is great. Let's send him home, back to his comfort place instead of a hospital bed. Uh, what we hadn't done, though, was... a Highway patrolman needs a uniform. So we went to a local uniform shop just as they were clothing. They were custom made in those days. And so we've got this little boy, seven years old. He's about this high, this wide. Can you make a uniform? And two ladies spent all night making a custom highway patrol uniform for Chris. Oh. The next day we went out to his house. And this is all with the permission of our commanders, obviously. Uh, I led several motorcycles, uh, several highway patrol cars into his neighborhood, red lights and sirens. You can imagine the neighbors, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Chris came running out, what's going on? We presented him with his uniform. And, again, he's just happy as can be. He's smiling, just running all over the place. Went in and changed and came back out with his uniform, just strutting. And he said, but how do I be a motorcycle officer? That's my wish. That's what I want to be. And and I explained to him the test that we take, and I was just teasing with him. 
said it's a shame you don't have a motorcycle, Chris. I would set up traffic cones in your driveway, and we would test you right now. <laughs> Chris just looks at me, runs into the house. I'm wondering what's going on. He comes back outside riding a little battery-operated motorcycle that his mother had got for him in place of a wheelchair. We are just laughing. (laughs) He's serious as can be. We set up the traffic cones. He goes through the cones. Did I pass my test? Yes, you did, Chris. When do I get my wings? Because he was fascinated by the wings on our uniforms. And those were custom-made also by a jeweler. And I said, I'll order those wins immediately. And, again, this little boy is just happy. He's running all over the place. And, and, and again, this boy had leukemia, only a couple of weeks to live. But he's a typical seven-year-old boy. And I just kept flashing on that. Yeah. I ordered those wings, and a couple of days later, they were ready. As I picked up the wings, I got the call that Chris was in the hospital, in a coma, probably was not going to survive through the other day. Uh, went to the hospital, and just as I pinned the wings on his uniform, which was hanging right by his bed, Chris came out of a coma. Wow. He looked at me. He looked at his wings. Am I a motorcycle officer now, Frank? Yes, you are, Chris. He just started giggling, got his uniform, touching the wings, just hugging the uniform, showing it to his mom, laughing, and unfortunately, a couple hours later, he passed away. And I always kind of wish those wings helped. Carry Chris to heaven. Amen. Oh, you get me every time, Frank. You get me crying. <laughs> <laughs> I but heard the you story, tell the story. The story on this, uh, how it all comes about is Chris, we found out, was going to be buried in a little town in southern Illinois. And our commanders asked if I would go back with another a motorcycle officer and give Chris a full police funeral because uh, we had lost a fellow officer as far as we were concerned. Um, we did go back. We were joined by Illinois State Police, the county police, the little local town police in the town of Kiwani where he was buried. Uh, Chris was buried in uniform. In fact, his grave marker reads, Chris Gracious, Arizona Trooper. But during this journey, so many people didn't even know this little boy and wanted to help whatever they could. And, and I just kept watching this, that, that they were so thrilled this boy's wish had become true. And flying back to Arizona from Illinois from the funeral, I just started thinking, why can't we do that for other children? Let a child make a wish, a child with a life-threatening illness. Let them make a wish, and we're going to make it happen. And that's when the idea of the Make-A-Wish Foundation was born on an airplane coming back from Illinois. Wow. Boy, that that gets me every every time. I bet you can't – you never get tired of – Reliving that experience, huh? I, I, I don't, and I, as I tell a story, and again, this is 34 years later, I still see Chris. I mean, the boy had such an impact on me and changed my life and obviously changed the life of over 300, it's now 350,000 children worldwide just because he had a wish, and we were lucky enough to make that happen for him. So you're helping a child or somebody uh, all over the world every 38 minutes. Well, yes, uh, and that's the average. When we, In fact, when we finished this uh, show today, a child somewhere was going to have been granted a wish. Wow. That is so thrilling. I mean, that must make you and your wife really thankful to be alive, and what an incredible feeling to be able to help. Evidently, well, yes, you know. yes it, it, it does. And 
I was the first president and CEO, but I had a choice to make after a couple of years. Am I going to run this foundation because now it's full-time as we're growing? Or am I going to remain as a police officer? And I love my career. In fact, just retired this last October after 41 years. But we made the wise decision of we need to start hiring professionals because my wife and I had never taken a salary from the foundation. Uh-huh. But we needed to hire the people to run the foundation, make it grow, and I think that's the wisest decision both of us ever made is to get the people with experience in there to run. Right, because right, you never ran a foundation. And you were probably one of the few people with a foundation, which this has really impressed me when I saw you speak um, at the Stickability event in San Diego was that you have never taken any income from your nonprofit from the Make-A-Wish Foundation, right? Well, I had a job. Yeah, I had a job, and I had, in fact, several <laughs> jobs. When we started this, uh, it, it took a lot of money to get it going. So both yeah. my wife and I both, we got part-time jobs. But we, we had a mission. Um, let's take care of these children. Uh-huh. And, and that's what we did. And as the nonprofit grew like nonprofits did, we were so fortunate that this nonprofit took off immediately. It was an idea nobody had ever heard of before. Yeah. And uh, we were able to uh, start, as they call, franchising chapters throughout the United States just three years later. And very generous donations. And the way we set up the nonprofit was by Charity Navigators rating, which rates nonprofits, where does the money go? Uh, we, we kept that high standard and have throughout the years where the majority of income coming in goes towards the mission, which is granting wishes, not salaries, overhead, everything else. Right. And and you, evidently, from what I've heard, you're, you're one of the biggest foundations on the planet. Well, in the nonprofit world, yes, we are. Um it, it, it is the number one. And there are several out there with similar missions, and they're all great. Uh, it's just we've made able to maintain that uh, integrity that we started with. Wow, that is, that is so amazing. And, and you have – and so you really are now out of the operations per se, right? Yes, I'm not part of management. Um, I'm still very involved with the foundation as a speaking at fundraising events all over the nation. Um, a meet and greet with donors, with volunteers. In fact, my wife and I are still volunteers uh, with wish granters just to help promote it any way we can, the foundation. Right. And so what do, so do people send in, like, requests, or how do, how do people get involved? The, for, for the children itself that uh, are to receive a wish, the age limit is from two and a half to 18. And generally, a referral will come from uh, a hospital, a doctor, a nurse, sometimes the family or a family friend. They will just contact the chapter uh, wherever they're at in the United States and say, we have this child. Um, we'd like to find out if they're eligible to be a wish child. They fill out the paperwork. The foundation contacts the physician along with the family, and it's a, really a very simple process. One, two, three, and once it's approved, let's get going. Let's grant that wish, whatever it might be, for this child. Wow. So, so then there's 
Then you have different, like, promotions. You have, um, you're doing a campaign to raise airline miles. You're in different... Right, 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 right now is a big push for airline miles, which is such a, a big, important aspect towards the foundation. After 9-11, uh, the airlines, as everybody knows, just really uh, almost went into the tank, yeah. to say that, literally, uh, financially, and because they were donating so much, and... and uh, they lost so much income during that time that they can't donate as much as they used to. But they came up with the airline miles. Hey, there's so many people who don't use those airline miles. They right. may uh, not want to use them or use a different airline. They sell them, build up miles on. Why not donate it to the foundation? And it really helps because there's so many trips involved with these right. wishes. Right. So then, so then anybody that has extra miles can donate these miles to the foundation, right? Yes, yes. And it's so simple. Um, throughout the United States, uh, the website for the national office, Make-A-Wish America, which is the overseer for all the chapters throughout the United States, is wish.org. Uh-huh. And at first, when they get on that website, there's a what they call a chapter locator right on top. Just put in your zip code and bang, it takes you right to your city, state, the local. If there's several chapters within the uh, state, it takes you to the closest one and gives you the information, whatever you might need. And so the local chapters, do they, what what does a local chapter do? There are, because of the difference in cultures, the different parts of the state, a local chapter uh, handles the wishes throughout that region in that state. Uh, an example, California is so big, uh, there are five chapters within California in the regions. Well, they they will contact, because of the population, they will run the wish granting in that particular region of the state, and that's throughout the United States. Every state has a chapter. Y- and you some must, combine. Yeah. Boy, you must have a a voluminous book with some amazing stories. Of different, of different. I mean, maybe, maybe you could share a couple, a couple more of those beautiful stories of the children that you've helped. Well, and you said book, and if I can promote, yes, that's what I, that's what I'm leading up to. <laughs> Thank you for doing Tell that. everybody yeah. about it, right? Yeah. <laughs> we uh, uh, released a book last year, and I say we, a young lady that was a newspaper reporter in my hometown here, Prescott, Arizona. Uh, fresh out of college, just fired by the paper, and she got very involved with uh, writing stories about the wish children in northern Arizona. And she said, we need to write a book about some of these children. And I said, well, okay, let's do that. So for a year and a half, we worked on that. And the title of the book is Once Upon a Wish, and it tells the stories of nine different uh, children throughout the United States. And what's so great about it is I write like a police officer, Strauss Cook, Arrested Fame. <laughs> and she writes like a typical author. It was a beautiful starry night. The wind was blowing. <laughs> and he ran into this criminal. <laughs> right. <laughs> but she is just, just really uh, captured. And the whole thing I wanted her to do on this book was to capture the emotion of not just the child, but the family, grandma, grandpa, brother, sister, aunt and uncle, and what they go through when a child goes through one of these life-threatening illnesses, and then also to relate to the reader the power of a wish, of what it means to a child and the family. 
And she has captured that. She has really captured that. And the book is doing quite well. Once Upon a Wish by Rochelle Sparks and Frank Shanklitz. That's available on Amazon or your um, boys' bookstores, such all over. Great. That's a, Oh, that sounds thrilling. I mean, you know, just looking on your site about the, the little girl that had the vision of going to Hawaii inspired by her favorite movie, and then she watched the characters do the hula dance and imagined herself in Hawaii, and here she's got a terminal illness, and 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 you you guys are giving her she gets to go on a helicopter and and boy i boy i just can't i just it's hard for me not to cry <laughs> it's <just> such <laughs> beautiful and 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 if i can we we talk about the power of a wish and yeah. uh you said terminal and we're so fortunate when we started this foundation the majority of the children were terminal They're, the uh leukemia was a death sentence for these young children and today um, we we changed the mission about 20-some years ago to children with life-threatening illnesses because through the grace of God and modern medicine, more and more children are surviving these life-threatening illnesses. And in fact, 70% of the children are now surviving uh, wow. whatever it might be. And I'm so fortunate because at speaking events, a uh, young adult will come up to me and just introduce themselves and they'll say, by the way, I was a wish child. And to me, that that is my greatest payback to talk to these people and even they introduce me to their children that they have survived. But what I like is is I'll see this person that's now in their 20s and married and have their own children and I'll say, what was your wish? And just watch their eyes and I'll see them relive that whole experience. Wow, that that's amazing. so. You probably have some of those clips in your movie too, huh? Well, um, no. The the movie is going to be, and, and the movie. <laughs> thanks again for bringing that up. <laughs> <laughs> I was approached by uh, quote Hollywood uh, last summer, um, a director and Triple Three Films, an independent film company, uh, said we would like to do a movie on your life story. Uh, from childhood on up to some events uh, from both catastrophic and joyful in your life that inspired you to start the Make-A-Wish Foundation. And uh, I said, okay, sure, but we're doing it. Uh, The the screenplay has been written. Um, We are now in, and I say we, it's a production company, and they've got me involved uh, as the novice in this and uh, as a technical advisor and other little titles. But uh, we're in minor casting right now and going out to the major casting spots for the two people who play myself and my wife. Uh, financing has been obtained, so we're rolling along. Uh, locations have been chosen. And, in fact, the end of the middle of May, the production company backed up here to finalize all of the location sites. Wow, how so, exciting. That's pretty exciting. And, and, yeah, and the working title of the movie right now is Wishman. Cool. Wow. And uh, the website, in fact, we're just revising the website. It'll be back up pretty quick, but it's uh, um, wishmanmovie.com. Great. So do you have an idea when that might be out? Uh, we're going to uh, film, schedule filming is October, November of this year with a release of October, November of next year, of 2015. 
How exciting for you. But could you imagine what you're doing right now? <laughs> no. You're riding around on your motorcycle, being a cop, a motorcycle cop? <laughs> no, not not at all in my personal life. The foundation I knew was going to grow. In fact, I made a bold prediction after our first official wish in 1981 that someday we would be making uh, granny wishes all over the world, and they all kind of laughed at me, but uh, here we're doing it. Beautiful. But my personal life, I never thought anything of this would come about. So you, that's just really wonderful. So, what, you know, when you grant wishes, there's there's little steps that you take people through. You know, the referral, and then they have to be eligible, and and right? And they have mm-hmm. to go through a little process. Yeah, it, it's what well, we, we the, probably the hardest job, but most rewarding job, and if it wasn't for volunteers for the Make-A-Wish Foundation, we, we wouldn't be in business. I think the newest total is we have worldwide 25,000 volunteers. Can you imagine that? No, that's incredible. And, and, wow. and these are people working with the children. I mean, working behind the scenes, answering phones, whatever it might be. And that's why the credibility and integrity is so great, because without volunteers, we'd have to be paying more staff. Right. So right. we can reduce staff and have the volunteers take care of this. But I started to say probably the hardest but most rewarding job with the volunteers is what's called the wish granter. And after training, uh, the wish granter is the one and always in teams that go out to interview the child to find out what the wish might be. Uh-huh. And we, we set it up originally just like a forensic interview where we get the permission from the parents to just get the child separate because we want to find out what the child's wish is, not maybe the parent. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and and again, with permission and always, like I say, two people, may we go to the child's bedroom, per se, and, and sit on the floor um, and just get eye, to eye level with that child and kind of look around the room, what are posters, what are some things around, and just say, if, if there was something you wish you could do, what would it be? And just in that interview, determine what that child would want. And the categories usually are, I, I want to be somebody like Chris, a police officer. I want to meet somebody like a celebrity. Uh, the uh, wrestling right now is the big thing. And the NASCAR driving, even more than the movie stars. I want to have... Uh, a computer, uh, camera equipment, uh, a playhouse, or I, I want to see a travel-type wish. And that's the four categories we set up originally, and that's still the four categories that are followed 34 years later. So the wish grander determines what that category might be and to find out the wish, and then they work with the uh, staff to put it together. Wow. So <clears throat> I noticed that you've got, like, different giving societies, too, where you have a wish society and a, and there's, you know, I do a lot of estate planning, and I have people that actually, you know, want to do something charitable. So each are the, is that one, one of the, each one of these little societies? Are there organizations? Maybe you could explain what that all means. Uh, yes, and just like you said, uh, estate-type things, a, a lot of people... Um, my mother passed away recently, and I didn't even know she had done this, but 
in part of her will was X amount of dollars out of her estate goes to the Make-A-Wish Foundation because she was so involved on a local level. Uh, Even at 90 years old, she did as much as she could. And a lot of these, as you say, societies, they will either uh, with the state or by private donations within the group uh, raise the money to um, grant help grant wishes. You mean if somebody donates, these societies will match it? I don't, I don't, or I don't. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Yes. I see. So they're bigger. They're bigger piles of money. So if someone says, like, I have, you know, fifty thousand dollars. They would help make get, add more to that money. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh. Wow. And then, and it's different for the communities throughout the United States. I mean, it's just so much different. Uh huh. And then you have an actual estate planning division in there, so people that want to leave, you know, a gift can do that. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's great. You'll you'll see a lot of times in lieu of flowers in an obituary, in lieu of flowers, please make donations to whatever the the deceased favorite charity was. Right. Instead of spending twenty thousand dollars on the funeral, you know, help a child make a wish. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Beautiful. Maybe do you have another uh, story like Chris you could share with us to get us crying again? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many people ask me a lot of times, "What what is your favorite wish?" Yeah, and there's no yeah. such thing. I say all of them. Yeah. Uh, one one, um, and I'm not going to tell these celebrities' names. So many celebrities do so many things that you'll never read about because the celebrity says, this is between the child and I. This isn't about advertisement promotion for me. This is about me and the child. And there was a celebrity, uh, there was the movie Beauty and the Beast, uh-huh. and then there was the stage play from New York, Judy and the Beast, and it moved over to the West Coast, and this was in the San Francisco area, and the uh, little girl, and again, seven, and I don't know why the majority of these children are seven, her wish was to see the stage play and dance with the beast. And the foundation chapter over there in San Francisco started putting that together, and <clears throat> come to find out the stage play was leaving, was moving on out of San Francisco, and this girl was not healthy enough to do a travel to, let's say, wherever it was going next, but maybe up in the Seattle area or something. And a local celebrity, and I won't say the name, uh, found out about the wish and said, let me take care of this and arranged for a limousine and picked up the girl and her family in the limousine and took them to where the stage play Beauty and the Beast was playing in San Francisco. And the theater outside still had the marquee on there. And he said, I just want to show you where all this was and where the beast was standing and some of the music. And took her up to the stage. And you know how you see in the movies just a little single light was on the stage. And just started explaining to her. And she's all dressed up very nice. And uh, this celebrity is in a tuxedo. And he said the the music for the Beauty and the Beast, and all of a sudden this music started playing. And he said, and it wasn't be nice. And this is where the Beast was dancing, and all of a sudden the character of the Beast came out and started dancing with the girl. Oh, 
And then he's kind of the celebrity stepped back and the house lights started coming on and there's the full orchestra that was playing the music. And then the house lights come on and the theater is packed with the audience and the further the curtains open and it's the full stage play for this girl that he had paid the entire production company to come back for this one night of this solo performance for this girl. Oh, boy. Now, yeah, it oh, just... God. And, and, and no, nobody asked this person to do this. Yeah. They just And he said, you know what, I heard about this little girl and I'm going to take care of this. The, the, this, is, this, is, this is the true money. What you're talking about, this giving and this this level of caring is is the gold standard to me. That's yes, what yes. That's, it. that's what it's about. That's what we're here for. That's so beautiful, Frank. Really, I just and 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 something you just said about giving too is the thing that we've noticed in the last few years is wanting to pay it forward. That has become a very popular term, pay it forward. Right. And so so many of our wish children want to pay it forward. What would you like to get for a wish? Well, instead of me, my Little League baseball teams need uniforms. Our basketball team needs a new floor on the basketball court. Uh, There's there's another little kid I know. I'd like to get him a motorized wheelchair. Isn't that amazing what the children, what our new generation is doing, wanting to pay it forward? It's not all about them anymore. That is amazing. And it, it really does seem... To be a trend, I'm watching a lot of people that are just saying, you know, I'm done with, I want to give back. I want to use my passion and and help other people um, because it isn't about, you know, it's a purpose. You know, even the big corporations are doing the, you know, for the purpose with a profit kind of thing. Right, of just right. Profit. So using the material to help others. So. That's a very good trend. Very good. good stuff. And I'm I'm very fortunate. Uh, I've been picked up on a speaking tour, and that's the uh, motivational, inspirational speaker. And that is the uh, topic of my presentation is to give back somehow to the community, uh, whether it's financially, whether it's time, um, in-kind donations. Just somehow give back to the community if you can. Right. And and you have, you know, like three, I mean, people can give, they can fundraise, they can be sponsors, um, match gifts. There's a, it seems like you have a whole ton of ways or volunteer or give products. It's like there's a oh, lot yeah, there, yeah there's, there's so much. There's so much. And and I, to me, it, it well, you know, it's a must. You have to have a good percentage of your life caring and giving and sharing, or otherwise you just don't have any reason to live. People wonder why they get depressed, right? Right. And, and I didn't get back. It's so simple. Um, a couple of friends of mine, they said, boy, I just, we're struggling. I don't know how we can give back to anything. And we started, my wife and I started a, a little campaign about uh, litter, picking up litter along the highway. And uh, said, hey, now here's the deal. Let's go join the litter gatherers here and just go pick up stuff. And now we're giving back to the community. We're getting all the trash off the road. Right. And we've had several people join us on that. That's great. I mean, and and that's all it takes is a few people with what 
with the state of mind of giving coming together, what is it, two or more gathered, right, can change mm-hmm. the world? That's pretty heavy. Two or more can do bigger things than Jesus. That's kind of saying some uh, big responsibility for us, right, to oh, yeah. together and share. Wow, Frank, this is exciting. So, again, everybody, you got your book, so they can grab a hold of the book and on Amazon or where else would you like Bordered. to? Barnes and Noble, yeah, I think it's in majority of bookstores, and uh, the movie um, we're in production on that. You can follow that. In fact, on Facebook, um, Wishman Movie, or even my personal site, just uh, Frank Shankwitz on Facebook, and um, on the speaking tour. If anybody's interested in, they can go to uh, my website, Wishman One, the number one, Wishman Number One dot com and find out where I'm going, where I'm gonna be at. We're in fact just got back from uh speaking at Harvard a couple of weeks ago. That was thrilling. Oh that was wow. nice. <laughs> sure. Good for you. Yeah. How exciting. So you have somebody sets all that up for you and you just go you go share all your good stories. Right, right. Yeah, we were at the Harvard Business School and the university and uh, a great audience had about six hundred there. Excellent. Excellent. So um, what is the, you know, I'm looking on at your site, and you talk about workplace giving. How does that work in workplace giving? Um, almost like the, the uh, United Way used to do, um, go in and, and uh, pick out a charity. But, but this is where the, and I'm going to give an example of some realty companies nationwide have um, gone in together and as a group said, we want to give back to the community. And as a group, let's think of what we want to support, a particular charity or maybe numerous charities. Uh-huh. And, and they start their own little campaign, their own little fundraising to uh, workplace giving, to give back. Instead right. of just checking a box like the old United Way yeah. where a portion of your paycheck is going to go, uh, they're they're doing it physically. Well, so this is you know this is a must for people's health to and wealth is to be giving at, at least ten percent, right? Of course, the more the better. And, well, yeah, and, and and some people can't even afford the ten percent. Yeah. And 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 I stress that when we started the Make Wish Foundation, before we developed all these corporate relationships. <clears throat> I always stress, don't forget mom and pop dollars, the the dollar bill, the $5 bill. And just think how that adds up. Right. And it's funny how the Make-A-Wish Foundation all these years later, the current president's uh, CEO, David Williams, of our national office, said we need to rethink that and, and remember the mom and pop dollar. And it's been a very successful campaign. Yeah. I can't afford $25, I can't afford 15 but I can afford a dollar. Well, a right. dollar times a million really adds up, doesn't it? There you go, exactly. Yeah, because a lot of people are saying, well, I can't even barely make my bills. How am I going to do this? Mm-hmm. But they can also donate time, too. Oh, sure. Yeah, the volunteering is, is so easy. And, you know, again, you don't even have to be an official volunteer somewhere, just like I mentioned about picking up litter. You just, uh, there's just so many things you can do. 
So, so the your Make a Wish site, that site has a lot of different things on it that show different ways that people can give and can can share. Yes, yes. Wish dot org. Wish dot org. Wish dot org. And let's say you put in there your chapter locator, uh, put in your zip code, it'll take you right there and tell you all about that chapter, uh, what that's doing in your community, what they're currently working on, events going on. There's the the Walk for Wishes is a very popular thing right now. Uh, what, and what's that about? <clears throat> walk for Wishes, go for a, a five-mile walk, a two-mile walk, uh-huh. donate a dollar, donate. If you can't even donate, maybe you can walk and get pledges. Oh. That uh, if, if I walk five miles, you're going to give me a dollar or five dollars or something. Yeah. Or if I walk ten miles, or the bicycle-type runs that they have. And, of course, there's always my favorite, the motorcycle event. Right. Obviously, I'm partial to that. Um, they have so many motorcycle rides around the country. Uh, and for a typical motorcycle guys, uh, you give me a T-shirt and something to eat, and I'll give you $20 and have a great day. <laughs> <laughs> right. And go for a nice ride somewhere. And it's a great fundraiser. Yeah. So are you still riding your motorcycle? Oh, yes, yes. I've got my Harley parked out there. and Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of like your trademark now, huh? Well, yes, that that and the, the cowboy hat, that's the other trademark. And the cowboy hat, for sure. Yeah, I don't I don't wear that ride to Harley, but it's in the uh, saddlebag when I get off and take off the helmet and put on right. the cowboy hat. So, so And on so, that, we're also working on a possible TV show, too. I've uh, just been contacted on that. So What's what's that about? Um the concept of the show, the working title is Extra Mile, and uh, it's, um, if you'll recall, Extreme Home Makeover yeah. TV show. Yeah. It's kind of based on the same thing. It's uh, five guys on motorcycles uh, riding across country, going into communities, learning about a particular charity that needs a lot of help, a, a wounded warrior type thing. Uh, one of our vets need help. Uh, a catastrophic event from a hurricane, a tornado, and getting the community together with a, a concert, with a big motorcycle ride, whatever we can do um, to help that person, help that community, and finish up on that and then ride off into the sunset and go find another community, oh, another cause. Cool. Are you going to be one of the guys on the motorcycle? Yeah, that's what they're talking about. Oh, man, Frank, that is so fun. <laughs> Look at you. My goodness, that is so fun. Yeah. So the, the production team out of Seattle, Washington, is uh, working on that, and we're uh, talking to um, cable networks. They're interested in it, so we'll see what happens. That sounds thrilling. And, you know, the kind of things you're doing are really can change the world because – a few people gather together, and I mean, imagine you say there's five of you. You'll have thousands of people behind you in a minute. If they see, you know, people that have motorcycles that drive around with no purpose, my goodness, to have a purpose to help people, you'll have a whole posse out there—a righteous posse. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and, and the motorcycle community is such a, a giving community, anyhow. Uh, yeah. Well, like I say, for the weekend, the, the average rider is, is your doctor, lawyer, engine chief that wants to get out and go somewhere and have an event, and they're just so generous. They're so, and it's such a big population, and they're so generous with their time and money. 
Oh, that's that's amazing. Well, that I hope that's going to be a, another great success. You can't. You're just blessed because you're blessing others, and I really wish you, you know, a million tons of this success, which you've already have, to help others. But I want to encourage our listeners to reach out and you know look at where you can give or share and help with this amazing movement that's happening on every level. I mean, you've got it on the corporate level. You've got corporate yep. federal campaigns. You've got state and local public sector campaigns, United Way programs, wishmakers at work. Boy, that's exciting. Yeah, and if I can, Chris, one of the things I'd like to point out there, I recently did a study, and there are over 1,000,000.2 charitable organizations in the United States alone. Wow. And, and there are so many besides the Make-A-Wish Foundation that, that people could get involved in that may draw their interest. But I would really encourage people to look at a website called charitynavigator.org. It's charitynavigator.org. And what that foundation does is they're the watchdog for all charity groups, the major majority charity groups. Not all of them. They're trying, but they'll eventually get there. And they track where the money actually goes, where your donation dollar goes. Is it going to the mission or is it going to somebody's salary? And there are, unfortunately, a lot of big charities out there that uh, the majority of the money goes to somebody's salary and not the mission. And Charity Navigator rates that. They tell you where the dollar is going. In the nonprofit world, if you can maintain 70 cents of every dollar going direct to the mission, that's a four-star rating, and that's the highest rating of Charity Navigator. And, and that just shows the integrity and the uh, responsibility of that particular charity. Right. So they will rate that. And, and I would just suggest to, to listeners, if you've got a charity you want to do, find out what they're doing. Get on CharityNavigator.org. It's a, it's a, you can just put in the name or you can just research and uh, A through Z alphabet and, and click on it and find out. And they'll tell you exactly the salaries of the uh, CEO, where the money is going, how much donations are going. It's a very good, good uh, website to uh, track your contributions. That's really good to know because I think a lot of people got disheartened in, San- you know, the different tragedies in Sandy and hurricanes and different things. They donate all this money and they're finding out they don't know if that money got there or not. So people are right. really reluctant now. So that's Charity Navigator, right? CharityNavigator.org. Dot org. Good. Mm-hmm. Because they don't want anybody to be discouraged on giving. Right. And, and the current staff of Make-A-Wish Foundation, they, they strive with uh, the integrity and the character of their foundation to maintain that minimum 70%, that 70 cents. And their goal is to try and keep it to the 80. And that's what they've done over the years. At wow. 80 cents of every dollar. Wow. And, and and they couldn't do that without volunteers. If it wasn't for volunteers, they couldn't maintain that high standard. Right, right. Oh, that's amazing. Wow, Frank, this has been wonderful talking to you. We were almost we're almost to the close here, and um, there's just so much to share, and your story is just so beautiful. I can't wait to see the movie and all the other neat things you're doing. And maybe maybe you could just give us all a little cherry on the top or last thing you'd like to share with all of our listeners today. 
Um, well, I think we've <laughs> shared, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, I think we got it, huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, well, and yeah. and there's there's something I learned in a, a speaking thing that, and I, this is a practice that I didn't do for years, and I, I wish I had heard the speaker tell me this advice before. Is they said, fill your own cup first, meaning uh, take care of yourself, your family financially first, uh, like that money, fill your own cup. And then whatever starts spilling over, that's when you can start helping other people. Right. Make sure make sure you take care of your own self first, your own family, and then when that cup starts overflowing, that's when you can really start helping other people. And I think right. if we all did that, boy, we, we just have, we have a great world right now, but it might even be better. That's right. Well, we'd have heaven on earth because there would, everybody would have what they had need of. No one would be without anything. There would be no more violence, right? <laughs> yeah, the way it's supposed to be. Well, it starts right. It starts right here with in our own communities with each other and and the little things that you you started. It seemed like a little thing, and look at it is like the biggest charity on the planet of helping one little boy have his wish come true. And it's amazing, and I'm really inspired because, Frank, when I grow up, that's what I wanted. (laughs) (laughs) So I do it in my little ways, but I have this vision of being able to help lots of children and, and, you know, feed them and get them what they need. And so you're very inspiring, Frank, and and, um, I really, really appreciate having you on the show for all of our listeners, and again, you want to do you want to go to Frank's site, grab the book, and then and and the movie's called Wish Man. The book is called what's the book called again, Frank? Once upon a wish. Once upon a wish, and the webs and then your website. Why don't you spell your last name too, so everybody can get your yeah, common spelling. Shank, what's common spelling, as we say in the police world? <laughs> okay, <laughs> it, yeah. It's spelled S H. A N K W I T Z. Shankwitz. And, and little Chris, when I first met him, he couldn't say that's the name, and that's why he called me Officer Frank. <laughs> can I call you Officer Frank? I can't say your last name. Of course you can, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That's great. And I bet you a lot of the kids, I mean, you might have even had a few miracles where maybe their their illness got better, huh? Or if they felt better. Well, and, and, and I, I meant to stress on that, and we kind of ran out of time. I started to say the power of a wish. Uh, they have in the foundation what we call a rush wish. The uh, doctors will contact the foundation and say, if you're going to do this wish, you better do it within the next two, three weeks because this child is not going to survive. Whatever their illness is, it, it unfortunately is going to take their life soon. And the child will go on the wish. Let's just say it's a Disney-type trip. Uh, they, they they go to the Disney World, they have their wish, uh, they meet the princess, whatever it might be, they come home and they go in remission. And the doctors are saying, I don't understand that. So they've done studies on this for years, and the doctors just don't understand it, but they, they started the name, wow, the power of a wish, look what it did. Right. And it gave that child so much whatever it does Either the will to live or I, I can't explain it. They can't explain it. But right. this is not just one or two times. This is thousands and thousands of cases where a rush wish 
has turned into a child going into remission and growing into a full adult. And oh. I meet so many of those Ooh. full adults that and they'll when I ask about the wish, yeah, I was a I was a rush wish child. And you just look at them and can I hug you? Yes, oh. I'm gonna just say thank you, God. Yeah. Amen to that. Whoa, that is that is well that that has to be another book because that is you know, that is proof. You know, it is. The wish, the prayer, there is power, it change, it can heal and change the world. So that you got to you got to put that book together because that, that that is definitely the next one. That's fascinating. Really. Well, we'll talk to Rochelle about that so because okay. I'll just say uh, uh, child cured and she'll explain the whole thing. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, right. So yeah. she'll give the details of it for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, you've done pretty good, Frank. You're just flown right along there, and 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 it's really really been an honor to talk to you. Well, thank you. It, it's just so easy. Uh, for this whole period here. I can't believe an hour has gone by already. I know. I know. I feel like we just got started. Well, we'll do it again down the road. I'll reach out to you again and and we'll sh- I want to hear your what I want to hear some of your adventures making a movie and all these other neat things you're doing. So, Frank. I look forward to it. Me too. Me too. And and God bless you and all you do. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you again for inviting. All righty. Found out you can't take a curve at 85 My whole life flashed before my eyes I braced myself to leave this world behind As a million questions Raced across my mind Did I live? Did I love? Did I matter to someone? Did I give everything I had to give? Did I save any souls? Was I worried about my own? Was I haunted by the things I never did? Did I embrace each day with faith, hope, and laughter? Did I matter? From that moment I became a brand new me With the golden ticket to a better destiny And I told my heart there'll never come a day When I'd have to search inside of me and say Did I live? Did I love? Did I matter to someone? Did I give everything I had to give? Did I save any souls? Was I worried about my own? Was I haunted by the things I never did? Did I embrace each day Faith, hope, and laughter Did I matter? Did, did, did I matter? I hope I can be a voice of inspiration And my story finds you well Cause when the curtain falls There ain't no second chances And you don't wanna ask yourself 
Did I love? Did I matter to someone? Did I give everything I had to give? Did I save any souls? Was I worried about my own? Was I haunted by the things I never did? Did I embrace each day with faith, hope, and laughter? Did I matter? Did I matter? Oh, oh. did I matter?